Welcome to the Beis Havad's Business Halacha Daily. Today I'm joined by Rav Liezer Kohn, Dayan at the Beis Havad, and Rosh Koyal of Koyal Chesh Mishpat Lakewood in Cleveland. Ruvain's very excited. He just bought a new house. He's finally able to move out of his basement apartment where he's been living since his chasana four and a half years ago. And he comes to his landlord and he says, you know, I get a model tough. I bought a house and in about a month or so, we're going to be moving out. His landlord says, wait, not so fast. Here's your lease. It was a 15-page document. You signed at the end. Here's that page. On page 12, it said that the, the lease renews annually, and you can't leave in the middle of the year. And if you leave in the middle of the year, you have to pay the whole rest of the year's rents. Ruby says, you know, you gave me a 15-page lease. You think I read the whole thing? I signed it because I wanted to, I needed somewhere to stay. Finding an apartment these days. Does he have the right to tiny that? So the answer is that no, he doesn't have the right to tiny that. Um, the Sefer Mishpatei Torah talks about the Shiloh, and he says that people are assumed to have understood what they're getting into. In other words, when you're renting a house and you're getting a 15-page lease, there's probably a reason why it's 15 pages. So even though most of us will just click, I accept, I accept, and they won't read what it says, but technically, in, in the case that like you're saying, where it's much more common, and this shiloh does come up, um, where a person says, you know, you're locked in for the rest of the life of the lease, and he says, oh, I didn't realize, or whatever, um, he can't say that. It doesn't, it doesn't make a difference. Because Lamaisa, it's assumed that you read it, or you were informed of it. So even if you say you weren't or whatever, it doesn't matter. However, the Mishra Deatara says and there's, there's one caveat to this, and that is if you have, let's say, items that are not expected. In other words, a person wouldn't necessarily pay attention to them. You could call them like the real fine print, you know, things that have nothing to do with anything. You know, if, 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 if you break the lease, then you have to give me your car. Right, something you would never expect that to be in a lease. So you can't say that you, that you read it. Now you could argue, what do you mean? If you read it, you read it. True, that's true. But we don't. But on the other hand, the, the, we said before that even if you didn't read it, we assumed you were informed of it, and we don't assume that all these fine details were stuck in. And usually, in fact, part of the reason why there's something called fine print is to sort of swallow people into something, and therefore something that's abnormal. We can't say that he has the right to be swallowed in. There's a funny story where a guy got one of these papers and he changed the details and sent it back, to, and he signed it and sent it back. And even by the Geisha courts, they ruled that the, I think from, from a bank, they ruled that the bank has to file the terms that this person changed the lease because of the same reason. They should have read what it said before they signed. So apparently it's recognized also that you have to read what it says and you can't come and argue that you didn't read it. But again, the Mishra says that's only if it's something that's logical. But if it's something that's completely illogical or unconnected at all to the uh, deal, then we don't expect the person to have automatically read it. And if he has proof that he didn't read it, he's not high for it. He needs proof. Or we can assume. It's something that we can assume he didn't read. If you enjoyed this video and would like to receive more like it or to sponsor a future video, please visit basehavad.org.